everyone, and welcome to AmeriCrown Dreams, a podcast about the British royal family. I'm Caitlin. And I am Jenna. The U.S. holiday, Thanksgiving, I know there's a Canadian one too, but we're going to just talk about the United States version as we're Americans, uh, is not only known for eating unthinkable amounts of ham or the less superior turkey, mashed potatoes, stuffing, and pumpkin pie, but also about avoiding certain members of your family who year after year want to talk your ear off about things you don't care about, or they're just in general unsavory people who make your skin kind of crawl. And uh, when Jenna and I were going through earlier this year trying to figure out what we were going to talk about during this time of year, during the holidays, it got us to thinking about who in the British royal family, especially those kind of weird extended family members that we wouldn't want to sit next to at a Thanksgiving dinner. On today's episode, Jen and I will be sharing that cast of characters nobody wants to talk to at Thanksgiving dinner, and we think you'll agree, our favorite royals are certainly thankful this uh, traditional holiday doesn't exist for them. Well, good evening to you, Caitlin. Hello. How's it going? Oh, it's pretty good. Listening to you list off the Thanksgiving foods makes me want them, even though we already got to eat Thanksgiving foods. We did. Yes, we uh, we had a, f- a Friendsgiving this past weekend. You hosted it, which I can't... You are very, very good at hosting parties. Um, I love hosting parties. Again, it's the Carol Middleton in you. Yes. Yes, it is. And, I mean, how many people were at your house? Like, 20? Yeah, we've in previous years, we've done a much smaller group, but I feel like it felt wrong to exclude people. Well, and, and yeah, we like everyone who was there. Yeah, and we're right. And we aren't going to be able to host. We usually host, you know, New Year's and we're not going to probably have that since we're going to have like a small child. What? You're not going to have Cinco de Mayo New Year's? Uh, <laughs> no. Cuatro? Wait. Yeah. No. That'll, it was that's like, a bummer. It Ugh. was like Cuatro de Cuatro, I think. Okay. Yeah. I don't remember. Yeah. Well, your baby is ruining my life. Baby. I know. No, I'm kidding. I'm a little sad. I was like, because it's, it's most likely I'm going to be like either have like a one week old or like still pregnant. Ooh, so <laughs> hopefully so we were like, not ah. the latter. Hopefully yeah. they will, you know, have mercy on you and get that baby out before yes. the first of January. But so otherwise, I yeah, I just didn't feel quite prepared to bring a Cinco de New Year's that that's okay will attention deserves but anyway so that's why we did a larger Friendsgiving this year well it was super good and it's a potluck you guys handled the ham because none of us really like turkey I mean it's fine but ham is by far the better of the large meats to cook and um yeah and then the rest of us brought sides I made the easiest side I think that actually required preparation which was I uh fresh cranberry relish which means you just pour some cranberries into a blend or into a food processor with some orange and then you like stir in a cup and then you pulse it until it gets chopped and then you stir in a cup of sugar and then the other thing i made was i bought cans of cranberry sauce because there are people who like that better so meanwhile my husband decided he was going to spend four hours cooking candy like a sweet potato casserole which that was a lot of work and the smoke alarm went off at least once. He also, um, our like microwave fan started acting up. It was a lot, but they were very good sweet potatoes. So, but yeah, we had a great time at your, at your party and 
I love the excuse to eat large amounts of stovetop stuffing before, during, and after Thanksgiving. So I had a successful day. We've been having leftovers because, yes, we had a very large ham. And I had my, yes, my stovetop stuffing was my lunch today. So breakfast slash lunch of champions. <laughs> it's delicious. What can I say? It's a cheap, delicious superior item that you don't need to spend a lot of money on because that's the best it's like 90 cents per box and then you just need butter right it it is so good so if um you are not uh one of our u.s listeners that uh uh, you know celebrates thanksgiving or eats stovetop you should get on that because it's good stuff i don't know amazon it or whatever yeah we will send you a box that i would say that i if you let us know your address i will send you a box as long as it doesn't violate any international customs laws, we will send you a box of stovetop stuffing. Yeah, because we, I, I am a strong believer in it, and I think everyone should have it. <laughs> Amen. But yeah, so yeah, one of the reasons a lot of people do have, you know, their version of Friendsgiving, which is, you know, just with your friends and not with your, your family, is kind of, yeah, what got us thinking about our topic today uh, that we'll get to uh, later, but uh for now, I think we're going to move on to the news. Well, first, we have one brief oh, uh, item gosh, of news. Yeah. I put it at the top of the notes. And oh, this I'm is not a looking sh- at our notes. That That's okay. This is, a, this is a shout out to one very important listener who is just wise beyond her years. Um, Quinn, we're talking to you. So, hey, Quinn. Hey, Quinn. You're famous now, too, like us. So this is uh, our friend Hannah and her uh, niece, Apparently, so we got a text yesterday that said she always she said tonight Quinn told me how cool it was that my friends are famous and on everyone's phones and so we're like well we can spread the love around we can make Quinn famous too so hopefully she thinks it's cool that we mentioned her um but now we can move on to the news um well since the major a lot of uh, events this week had to do with Remembrance Day, we've kind of grouped all of those together, and we'll go through that all at the end of the the news segment. But for now, we'll just start with the non-remembrance-related appearances. So Queen Elizabeth, um, on November 8th, did a couple of things. The first thing she did was she received credentials from two new ambassadors to the Court of St. James. So we talked about this a little bit a couple weeks ago. This is when the new ambassador from a different country shows up, hands her letter saying that the old guy or gal is no longer doing the job and that they're in the new ambassador. Um, there's the guy from Ireland. I don't know his name. I didn't take that note. But the reason I thought this was worth mentioning again uh, is that the ambassador from the United States did his uh, gave his credentials that day. And as we aspire to one day be the ambassadors from America to Britain... I thought we should study up on this guy's past so we can know how one day we too can become ambassadors. So the new ambassador from the United States is a man called Robert Wood Johnson IV. And if that name sounds familiar, it's because it is the same name as the, you know, Robert Wood Johnson I through the third. These are the people who (laughs) founded Johnson & Johnson, the very, very, like, huge company that makes baby shampoo, etc. cetera. Uh, this particular Robert Wood Johnson goes by the nickname Woody Johnson, 
which I think is funny. And uh, he owns the New York Jets, and he is a big Republican donor. So that says a lot. I think you. it seems like the main credential to get an ambassador post is that you need to have a lot of money. So I guess that's step one. So, yeah, and I'm, you know, we'll, we'll see if we ever get there, but yeah, maybe one day. I hope so. I mean, he owns the New York Jets. Like, that's a, I feel like that has to be a very time consuming job. So I, I would hope that we would probably be able to do it. Yeah. I, I mean, also, I don't know how time consuming it is to own the New York Jets. I think they kind of suck. And I think that he doesn't really do a whole lot. After they like, you think he just invests a bunch of money. Yeah, they conned some city into uh, building a giant new stadium, and then they continued to play badly. So oh, that sounds familiar. How do I know that? I know it's almost as though it's a complete scam that's been enforced upon municipalities at the hands of rich quote unquote nonprofits. I'll stop. It's not this kind of podcast. <laughs> I don't need to go on my, that rant today. Wait until we get to the Super Bowl when we're trying to record and I haven't left my apartment in a week because True. I'm terrified of people wandering around here. Then I'll have a real good rant. But <laughs> until something kind of completely different, the Queen uh, also that day went to the British Museum for the reopening of the Sir Joseph Hotong Gallery of China and South Asia. So this is a gallery um, which obviously has artifacts and art from China and South Asia. And it was first opened in 1992 by the Queen. And she, then it w- underwent some refurbishment. She came back, this time wearing a hot fuchsia number. And she had a new interesting unveiling method. Because how what it looked like to me was there's like a rotunda and like an atrium. So... It's like a second level with a balcony that goes around in a circle. And then there's a big open thing. So they just had like a sheet over that circle. And then she just like pulled a ribbon and it like fell to the ground. And everyone was like, oh. And so I thought, again, I like to keep track of these new unveiling methods. But um, yeah, that's what the queen did this week before the um, before the Remembered Day stuff, which we'll talk about in a second. Yeah, so, uh, well, I am excited to see this new unveiling method and hope that they will continue it. There's a video uh, on Instagram, FYI. Excellent. Uh, but yeah, for uh, William, on uh, November 10th, he hosted an investiture at a ceremony at Buckingham Palace, and uh, he was uh, uh, giving some honorees some, some honors as they joined the, you know, the most excellent order of the British Empire. Uh, and... One group that included was uh, Sheila and Trevor Fairhurst, who established the Carly Fund after their daughter died in 2006 uh, as a result of domestic violence. Uh, And then on uh, November 11th, William attended a Wales uh, versus Australia rugby match, uh, as he is the uh, patron of the Welsh Rugby Union. And uh, yeah, and then he met with various rugby uh, affiliated charities. And uh, one of them I know was a group that works to, if, for example, if you get hurt during rugby, which seems very likely since yeah. I know several people who were played like on like the St. Thomas um, or at least my, my university's rugby team and they have many concussions and have hurt themselves very easily. Uh, but yeah, one of the charities helps like supports their, 
helps them with their medical bills and helps supports their family while they're recovering. So that was what uh, William was up to. And Harry also on November 11th went to another rugby match. Uh, this one, it was between England and Argentina. Harry is the patron of the uh, RFU. I don't know what that stands for. I should have looked that up. But um, I'm, it's the British Rugby like Federation or something. Okay. Maybe I've got it mixed up. Maybe it's RUF or something. I don't know. He's the patron of England's Rugby Association. So um, that's a little bit interesting that... William has Wales. Well, maybe that's probably because William will one day be the Prince of Wales. And so they give him the Welsh stuff. It's the Rugby Football Union. Okay. I didn't know that it was called Rugby Football. Yeah. So it's the um, governing body for rugby unions in England. So he, when he was there, he met with, there's, you know how at all most uh, major sporting events, they'll have like a charity that's there doing like promotions for the day. So Harry met with that charity and he had a good time. It looks like watching some grown men smash into each other in a professional capacity. Uh, Then just today, um, November 13th, he went to this gala that has a crazy name. It's called the Virgin Money Giving Mind Media Awards. I don't know what that means, but it was in London in Leicester Square at the Odeon there. And This is a charity gala, and he was there to present the Speaking Out Award, which is in recognition of an individual who has had mental health issues, but who has also made an inspirational contribution to society uh, in spite of that. And so he also is slated or was slated to have given a little speech. I haven't seen video of that yet, but that might be out there. But he was looking handsome in a blue suit, as he always is. Off to the races with Kate. So first of all, we got finally a photo of uh, Kate school school duty with George and dropping him off uh, on Halloween, uh, the day she did the uh, Place to Be School uh, Leaders Forum event. Oh no, shoot. no, she did it. Oh, sorry, is, no, that's okay. The wrong it's things. connected because she talks about dropping George off at school yeah. at that. Excuse thing. me. But it was when she went to the National Lawn Tennis Association event, yep. uh, when she went sporty. Uh, when she was wearing we her $300 that. track pants. Exactly. And uh, the photo was published by the German newspaper uh, Gala, uh, which is Gala. Gala, Gala. I don't know how the Germans yeah. would say it. Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, but yeah, so that makes sense why it was published internationally, because I think most of the British press probably keeps their paws off of trying to get those photos out of respect for George, George's privacy as a child. And and they don't want to be blacklisted. Right, exactly. Uh, yeah, because I, I saw it come up in my Instagram feed this weekend. So that was exciting to see that. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I struggle with how I feel about these photos sometimes. Um, if it was in their house, I think I would be more, you know, or like in their backyard, that kind of stuff. But... I agree. I think part of it, this one, it's a little bit like Kate had done a public appearance that day or was going to go do a public appearance that day. And I'm wondering if that's not somehow related to this is the photo that we've seen where she kind of looks like a normal mom. Like, I don't know if the like I know British press are going to really stay away from this because they don't unless something actually more newsworthy than Kate just dropping him off happens. 
I don't think mm-hmm. they're going to really publish those types of photos. But like even foreign papers, I don't think want to uh, do too much with that because I don't know. You don't want to get and you don't want to get sued by them. And it's not like it's well in this one, even it's like she's we saw her in that outfit. That's what a lot of people care about when they see these like photos of Kate and photos of George. It's like, oh, what's Kate wearing? Like, what does she look like? And it's like, well, she we saw her. We know what she was doing that day. Um, It's not like she had been, you know, at home for a couple weeks in a row where we were like, oh, is she okay? Is she sick? Like, is she feeling well? Like, we know she was doing good. So it's kind of like, well, what's the point of publishing these? On November 8th, she was at the Place to Be School Leaders Forum. And uh, she's obviously done multiple Place to Be uh, events. Uh, But at this particular one, she did actually speak. And I thought that was pretty exciting. Um, She... Yeah, talked about once again, just reiterating the importance of kids, you know, talking about their feelings and getting help. And then also just about, um, you know, her work and also about just being a mom and about dropping George off at school. And I thought it was a pretty good speech. I feel like she's gotten better at her public speaking. Agreed. Uh, I think that she, she still is, I still feel she is really nervous and definitely still really clutches to her notes and whatnot but i think she's definitely it's not like she usually is that person where her head is constantly bobbing up and down and she's just like hello my name is the catherine duchess cambridge and and i feel like she's now she's getting better and she's becoming like a more fluid speaker so it sounds more natural which is hard to do yes because especially with all the pressure of misspeaking and just the fear that somebody's going to like I don't know, replay it over and over and over again. Right. Hmm. Yeah. And yeah, she doesn't do it that often. Um, But I imagine, especially um, as she and will take on larger responsibilities and continue to up their role, she's going to be doing even more speaking and she can only improve as time goes on. But what I know you'll have lots to say about our next, the next point in uh, Kate's day was what she was wearing, which was a, um, kind of a burgundy that oxblood color that's very popular right now dress from goat a sweater dress and uh when you saw it you had some strong feelings about i had it. an emotional reaction to it and let me tell you it is extremely <laughs> lucky for me that that dress is sold out because i would have spent 640 dollars on buying that dress because i am obsessed with it and need it but I also do not have $640 to spend on a dress. So I don't know what would have happened. But luckily, the decision was made for me. It doesn't, I couldn't <laughs> buy it. They, yeah. Or I, you could buy it in other colors, but I love that color specifically. So I wasn't going to go for, like, you know, you, when you want the dress, you want the dress. And oh, it's so good. But then I went and was looking at their sale items. And it was not cheap either, but... I had to like talk myself down several times that day from like making an irrational expensive purchase for something I don't need, but I want, but I've got, I think you can sign up and they will send you an email when it's back in stock because obviously they want you to buy things from them. Mm -hmm. And so I might do that, but again, it's not like I'll suddenly have, that's a lot of money It is for one dress. Uh did you check out, I know there's lots of, like, they, a lot of the websites, like, um, like, what would Kate do? They always have, like, or replicate. Those have, sites sometimes post 
those. I don't know if you've checked those out. Maybe you can find something that's not as expensive and in stock. That's a good that's good advice and I will probably do that instead because then I can I can justify <laughs> that a little bit more if it's something uh closer to $100 or less. Yeah. <laughs> and they usually have a couple price points cuz I that's what I always do cuz like sometimes she's worn sweaters and I'm like I want that sweater so bad but it's like $400. And then I find one. Then they have like several different price points. I'm like, oh, this one is $50. I can get that one. Exactly. <laughs> Obviously, it's not perfect, but it's like at least it has the essence of it. Which right. And that's important. all you really want sometimes. Like, I don't need to look walk around wearing Duchess of Cambridge clothes. For the most part, I don't have that kind of lifestyle. Like, I need to mm-hmm. look nice at work, but I don't need to look that nice at work. Yeah. But um, the other thing I loved about the dress and that color specifically is that it looked great with black opaque tights, which living in Minnesota, and I, I like wearing, when I dress up, I like skirts, not like dress slacks. I just can never find dress pants that look good on me, in my personal opinion. So I like wearing skirts. And so anything that I get has to be able to be worn with like black tights or, mm-hmm. you know. Something similar. And that looked really cute. And then it also allowed her to wear a little bit of a higher hemline. It wasn't too short, but it definitely wasn't like, you know, past her knee. So I like that. Finally, in our little shorter segment of news, we'll finish up with Megan. And this is hot off the presses. You texted me about this, what, 5 p.m. today? I did, but it was after, actually. We have a royal correspondent. Uh, Quinn's um, aunt sent us this. Hannah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so thank you, Quinn's aunt. Yeah, thanks, Hannah. (laughs) And um, this is a piece of news that both Meghan Markle and her co-star on Suits, Patrick J. Adams, are planning on leaving the season or leaving the show at the end of season seven. Uh, Both of them had their contracts through the seventh season, and so. You know, most people who've been paying attention, including the two of us, probably could have told you that Megan wasn't going to be returning. Um, it, or it would have been very unlikely that she'll, she'd be going back for an eighth season. Or, now that they've announced this, and they've also said that Patrick J. Adams is leaving because apparently their characters um, are together on the show. And so it seems like they'll probably, and they've, or they've been engaged on the show, so they're going to throw a TV wedding. And then, assumedly, the two characters are going to, like, move away to be in a different city or something. Yeah. But that means we will get to see a TV wedding, maybe, starring Megan. I was going to say, you have to imagine that it kind of, she's just kind of like, she's like, dang it, like, everyone's going to see me in a wedding dress, and they're just going to be making speculation about my, my royal wedding dress, and which we will. Oh, of course. I would. I bet they could do. They would probably. I don't know the characters enough, but it's a possibility they have them like elope or something. Do a surprise oh, wedding. True. Do something like a. You know how like Leslie Nope's wedding dress. It's not a traditional wedding dress at all. It's just mm-hmm. a really beautiful dress that has a lot of meaning. And they like wrote it in so that it like made sense that she wasn't wearing a real wedding dress. Mm-hmm. So I could see them definitely coming up with something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I mean, I only watched the first two seasons, so I can't particularly speak about character, but I, to a a lot, but I could say that, yeah, you're right, they could totally elope. 
Well, we will keep our listeners posted. And if yeah. there is a wedding episode, we will watch it and yeah. report our, our findings. Yeah. And then we actually we actually got a second tip today. I don't know if you saw on our Instagram. Oh, I don't know um, if I did. We did. Uh, we got it around yeah around seven today um, from one of our listeners, Crystal, and she actually sent us some links to the Meghan Markle documentary. Oh my god! When Harry met Meghan. Oh my um, god! So she sent us um, a couple of them, and uh, they're both on YouTube. And she says. Uh, we hope you enjoy, and uh, she's not sure how long they'll stay up on YouTube. But okay, so I know what I'm doing when, right when we log off. Yeah, I'm going and watching the heck out of that. Yeah. So uh, oh. thank you so much, Crystal. We are indebted to you. You are the best. So I, I'm so excited to watch this. Yeah, I know. I was like, I feel like we're never gonna see it. We're never gonna know. So I'm like, super excited to watch these. Um, well, so then we'll go through the Remembrance Day events really quickly. Start November 9th was kind of the first thing that happened. Harry, uh, on that day, officially opened the Field of Remembrance at Westminster Abbey. So that's like a poppy field. Um, it's, I don't know, really Mm -hmm. pretty and cool. And, um, my main takeaway from this event was that Harry was looking super hot. He, yeah. So I'll say he was talking to little kids. He was uh, having a laugh with some older veterans. It was great. Yeah, I know Kate and Will have done that event with them too because they had, remember they, when they had all the poppies at the Tower mm-hmm. of London? I think it was a similar one to that. Like that would have been. Yeah, and so he he just was there. And again, it was more like a ceremonial thing. And then I'll do the and thing. Because I know how to say the Belgian city. Oh, excellent! <laughs> I was gonna. We put know in... I can't. Pro- we know I can't pronounce any even normal words. Well, so this, this one's for the hard best. for any any person. I might even get it wrong now that I've like said. Oh, I know this. So, uh, Princess Anne was in Belgium laying a wreath. Um, you know, because a lot of people died in Belgium because it was in the middle of everything in both the world wars, and so Anne was in Ypres. Y P R E S. I think that's how I you actually said. got that one right. Yeah, I was like, I bet it's Ypres. Ypres, like Apre, yes. but Ypres. So she was there laying a wreath, and she managed to make it back by the next day, though. But you can tell me about the the other event that day. Yeah. So uh, members of the royal family uh, attended the festival of remembrance at the Royal Albert Hall uh, with Her Majesty and the Duke of Edinburgh, and meant that also meant we got another Kate sighting. Yeah, it's usually kind of a variety show uh, with s- some music and obviously time to, once again, remember uh, the sacri- the soldiers and families who sacrificed everything for, uh, for freedom. Yeah, Kate was in a black velvet coat dress by Catherine Walker. I, I liked it. I was actually excited to kind of see her in a different type of... Um, fabric some velvet because i know that's a really hot thing right now is like wearing velvet and i feel like it's very holiday-esque so that made me even more excited because i love holiday dresses even though i don't usually buy them i also really love this dress um when you said it's really hot right now i thought you were saying like it's hot you get hot when you wear velvet i think you do you and i i I agree i think so i don't know the last time i wore (laughs) velvet but i was thinking like as a person who's 
pregnant, I can imagine, you know, she's probably running a little warm. So I was yes. <laughs> like, hopefully she had like a one of those portable battery fans, you know, oh, like right. that you can just tuck in your handbag and then like blow it at yourself while the lights are down <laughs> to make sure you're regulating your temperature. Um, but yeah, I loved it. I also liked her hair that day, especially. It was yes. really shiny and curly and she just looked really nice. Mm-hmm. No, it was a good coat, and I really liked the buttons, too, because they were um, that brand of crystal that I also cannot pronounce. Swarovski crystal, that? Swarovski, Swarovski. So do you know the SNL (laughs) sketch that I'm referencing? Yeah, isn't that the Shop Girls? No, it's the Porn Star sketch. So look it up where there, it's like, um, God, it's Cecily Strong and Vanessa Bayer. And they, like, pick something that's, like, a very fancy item. So Swarovski crystals or, like, um, Hermes handbags. And they just <laughs> mispronounce it. And they, like, do a fake commercial. And they're like, hi, okay, I'm Brecky. Yes, I have seen these. And this is my friend Brecky. And so I will still <laughs> frequently just say when something good happens, I'll just be like, thanks, crystals. Because that's a thing. <laughs> so, Yay. Swarovski crystals. The Queen and, and Prince Philip were also there that evening. Yes. I can't, you know, wearing, everyone's wearing black at all of these events or, right. or their military uniforms. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's not much to comment on in either the Queen or Prince Philip's appearance. They look, which they kind of usually do on a Remembrance Day. And the same thing kind of held true the next day um, for Remembrance Sunday service. And this is where there's balcony appearances by some of the family and then um, other members of the family are what I call on the ground um, going through the people on the balcony. Um, so again, Queen Elizabeth and Philip were there and also on the balcony with them was uh, Camilla. And so these balconies are smaller. This isn't like um, Trooping the Color where it's the thing that can fit like 30 people. It's really only three people can stand there. So the one balcony... Again, was Queen Elizabeth, um, Prince Philip, and Camilla. And then on another balcony, there was Kate with Sophie and Princess Alexandra. Um, Kate was, uh, again, wearing a black coat dress. This time it was by Dolce & Gabbana. And this was, I don't know what the fabric was. It was not velvet, but maybe like a, I don't know. Yeah. It looks very similar to other, like, military kind of style dress coats that she's worn before. Yeah, is it like a wool coat? Probably. Yeah. But it's got the brass buttons, so it's got the military-esque, I don't know, silhouette. And uh, she was wearing a hat that she has apparently owned since before she was married to William. Um, It's a hat by Philip Tracy, and it's a really big, big black hat. And then the other thing, the thing that caused, I think, the most debate online was she looked like she had a way shorter hair than she did the day before. So that leads people to wonder, is this a haircut or is this a fancy trickery where they just use like a hairnet and pinned it up or something? Yeah, I think it's definitely trickery. Me too. I don't think she would go like, I personally didn't like it. I think it looked kind of like she looked like Princess Leia. It did look a little Leia-esque. <laughs> she kept touching the bottom of it, too. 
Yes. Like, like kind of like nervous tick. Like, hmm, where I don't feel my hair on my neck. I don't like this. What's happening? Or is it falling? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think she just pinned it up. Because I think it was just, or it was just curled really tightly. And mm-hmm. then, I don't know. Yeah, there was definitely some illusion going on there. So, uh, I yeah, I don't know. I wish, yeah, I don't really like her in big hats either. I love her berets, but I know her berets, our days are probably limited now that she's not like that young, fresh royal face, which Boo. makes me sad. That may, I think, why? You don't I have to do it, Kate. Right. I was like, Princess Anne is still wearing berets. She That's what she wore when she went to Belgium. So, and like, Sophie wears on. berets and stuff, too. I mean, Sophie yeah. also wears giant hats at times. I think it's fine right. to have some, you know, some variety. I can see, you know, the queen, again, when she's out, she wants people to be able to spot her from a mile away. Like, that's her stated per- uh, purpose in getting dressed. And then Camilla just likes satellite dishes. And so I don't think Kate has should resign herself to that, because I do agree. I think she looks way better in berets. I don't know if there's much else to talk. Well, we'll see also, you know, what happens with her hair when she comes out for her next appearance. See yeah, I think it's I think it's actually tomorrow, which will be the 14th. Uh, so by the time you're what? listening to this, everyone, you'll know whether or not it's a haircut. And so we're calling it now. We say no haircut, just trickery. So I agree. Yeah. Unless she's also wearing the same hat or another larger hat and has done it again. In which case, we'll, we'll assume that she's cracked up because she's yeah. definitely going to a or nonprofit George, where you shouldn't be wearing George a large hat. A, or George put a wad of gum in her hair <gasps> and she has to and she had to cut it out or something or pin it up and couldn't get it out. And it's like, <laughs> oh, my God, that's always a possibility. You don't yeah. know. With that kid, I wouldn't put it past him. I mean, not even on purpose. I'm just saying, like, you know, the kids running around being kids and all of a sudden, where, why is there gum in my hair? Okay. I have to be out the door in under five minutes. What can we do here? All right. Grab that giant hat. Pin it up. Yeah. But yeah. So on the ground, there were some other people who um, who showed up. Um, there was uh, Charles was there and he uh, kind of had the main role this year. He laid Her Majesty's wreath on his mother's behalf. And so this is another example of kind of passing the baton to her son. Um, So he was able to, you know, have the starring role in the day. Then William and Harry were there. They also laid wreaths. And Anne, the Duke of Kent, and the Duke of York, a.k.a. Prince Andrew, were also there and laid wreaths. And I don't know. What were Mm -hmm. your thoughts on William and Harry? I'll let you Uh, opine on this. Yeah. Uh, super hot. Yeah. Uh, I think the fuck girl said it best when they said William looks about 10 years younger when he wears a hat. (laughs) Yeah, he can, he, again, they said something like it's the illusion of the hair that was. Yes. He he does. (laughs) Also that blue, it's the exact color of his eyes. It's like a soft blue gray. You just feel like you want to fall into, I don't know, it's going to reach out and hug you. Yeah. Makes you just feel calm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I really like Harry in that uniform. Because, yeah, that's the same uniform he wore uh, when he did the Field of Remembrance. And I was like, just wear it all the time, dude. It's it. I will not get sick of it. It's amazing. No, I wouldn't get sick of it either. 
The like it's yeah. the black pants with like the red stripe down the side. Mm-hmm. And then the navy navy coat. Ugh. Yes. I just I very good. much enjoy when they wear military outfits. Okay. That's I but mean yeah, I think those <laughs> let's yeah. remember let us remember both, you know, the veterans and also the hot veterans. Indeed. That's probably disrespectful. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you all for your service. Yes. Uh, but yeah, it was, it's definitely a change. Yeah, with Charles bringing forth the wreath. And uh, there had been pictures of, yeah, even the queen kind of with some tears in her eyes. And I think it was maybe, a, yeah, kind of a a big moment for her to give up in her life since she'd been doing it for quite some time, since almost the 40s. So Yeah, and it's, I mean, it's one of those days that is the annual tradition. There's never, mm-hmm. I don't know if she's ever... I don't think she's probably ever missed one, you know. When so we were she talk- missed them. She did miss them when she had, like, when she was pregnant. Okay, well that makes sense. Um, but that's right, what two out of the, you know, how many years? Because she yeah. already had Charles and Anne when she became queen. So I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah. but I think she was doing it actually even before then. Oh, she was. Said, okay. Since, uh, it said since like 1945 she had been doing it. Wow. Um, yeah, and I think Charles was born in November, so I bet he, yeah, I think his birthday is actually not this week, but next week. I think it's like the 18th or something, or the 20th. No, their wedding anniversary is the 20th. Um, but yeah, so I bet that was one of the times she probably wasn't going to do it, since she's probably like, um, I'm massive right now. I'm not going, I can't even bend over. Yeah, please don't make me fall over like one of those um, things that you can like, I don't know what are they called. Oh, now I can't like remember a the wobble. Yes, a wobble. <laughs> the yeah, thing that, like tips forward and then raises back up. Right. Well, I mean, she had a good run. I think it is nice to for her to see her son, you know, performing these tasks, though. Yeah, because I mean, the other alternative is that she never sees him do it. <laughs> right. Yeah. So. Anyways, on that anyway. really big bummer of a note. Just think about, all right, well, this, we'll, we'll bring it back in and just think of uh, William and Harry in their uniforms. Yes. That's the note we'll close yes. on. Whoop, whoop. Yeah. So <laughs> moving on to our little, our, our topic today. Do you want to go first or should I go first? We're going to, we're going to kind of um, start off with thinking about the relatives you're embarrassed about. You know, who you kind of think we've all been there where we've been introducing a significant other or a friend to one of our family members. We've been bringing them to a holiday for the first time before you bring them into the house. uh, You say, listen, I need to tell you about blank and you insert name of relative here. And say, you know, this person has these issues. I am aware of it. I apologize in advance for anything they may do. I will, you know. (laughs) I'm just sorry you have to deal with this person. <laughs> and so we're thinking, like, who are these potential people? And we don't know these people. Um, we're going to just talk about facts that are, you know, reported on the Internet. We're probably going to speculate a little bit. And we don't really know how these people feel about each other. I'm putting out these right. caveats. Because, but I'm saying these are people I personally would not want to sit next to at Thanksgiving for yeah. various reasons. Agreed. Yeah, so... At least the person I was going to feature is uh, is one of Kate's relatives, and uh, they've had a couple run-ins with the media 
because they they appear to really like talking to the media and then they say some really weird stuff. <laughs> That's what my person also is. Uh, oh, is oh doing. my gosh. Birds of a feather. Well, I guess I could go. I could go first. Sure, you go first. And yeah, we're going to start not? with the um, relatives of Kate and Megan who you know, we wouldn't want to sit next to at Thanksgiving. Yeah. And then we'll go on to the act, the like royal what who Harry and Will are embarrassed by. Yeah, probably, <laughs> maybe. I yeah. don't know. For as far as Kate's family, uh, I'm featuring her uncle uh, Gary Goldsmith, who is uh, Carol Middleton's younger younger brother, and uh, he. So yeah, so he's about twelve years younger than uh, than Carol. And yeah, he really loves talking to the media. Sometimes he doesn't even know he's talking to the media. So there's been a couple stories about him that have been published. And particularly, this is why I wouldn't want to sit next to him is because he's he's kind of a blabbermouth. And yeah, you don't want him spilling all of your secrets. Right. Especially when you are a high ranking member of the royal family or if, you know, you are just the royal girlfriend and uh, and he's bragging about coming or having you and your boyfriend who's you know the heir to the throne eventually uh prince william and uh hanging out at his five million dollar villa in ibiza uh <laughs> <laughs> uncle gary Gigi, as he's called he actually actually uh has uh this tattooed on his shoulder as well as i found that out during my research so uncle g uh okay. he was actually recorded uh by news of the world uh reporters they actually uh, found him in Ibiza, and he welcomed them into his home. Oh God! Uh, and secretly recorded him. And uh, he was not only, you know, talking about, uh, you know, times because Kate and Will have stayed at his his home, which he calls Maison de Bang Bang. Oh God! Yes. <laughs> oh, oh. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So he not only bragged about that. Uh, he was also chopping up lines of cocaine. And offering to set up th- these journalists who were recording him with prostitutes and some more cocaine. Because uh, yeah, he's actually a, quite a successful IT. He owns a successful IT recruitment company. And so uh, he's he has a lot of money. He's a multimillionaire. Uh, so definitely successful businesses run in the kind of in the, the Goldsmith slash Middleton family, it appears. They've got a nose for business and one of them apparently has a nose for cocaine (laughs) yes exactly uh so yeah so not only did he say that but he just talked about how william was really down to earth and stuff which is nice um but not so great when you're talking about for example they were like the reporters asked him uh like what in 2009 like when do you think they're gonna get married and he's like oh yeah they're gonna announce in 2010 which they did uh so he he, you know at least he has some accurate information (laughs) This reminds but, me of, and uh, it's, it's it's not the same thing at all, but he sounds, I don't want to make this sound like it's all the same, but remember your mom, you guys, you and your sister threw a surprise birthday party for your mom, and there was, I know you have an uncle, you have an uncle who, um, your uncle, like, texted your mom on the day of her surprise party to be like, aren't I hanging out with you later? Like, don't we have don't we have a big family event planned for later or something like that? Because that's just what he apparently yeah. kind of does. <laughs> yep, that definitely happened. Yeah, I think he was even on the phone with her and I was like, dang it, no. Right. Not the, not the surprise. 
Exactly. Because it's like you give these people information to be like, listen, don't tell. This is really important that you don't tell. We trust you to not tell the person who can't be told. Yes. So in in your case, again, not at all the same thing, but your uncle calls the birthday girl, whereas this guy calls uh, News of the World reporters. Or right. <laughs> invites them into his home. So like, no, stop. Yeah. Those are, we gave you orders not to do that. Why are you ruining it? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but yeah, so I kind of have, I kind of also like Uncle G because, well, yeah, what he, after he was talking about like, oh, she, I'm definitely going to be the uncle to the Queen of England someday. Uh, he says uh, about Buckingham Palace, he says, I've got my own rooms. The goldsmith wing. I'm going to be the Duke of Slough. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, so this is definitely someone who's not strung up on drugs. This is just a normal... Normal person. Normal rational person. thoughts. Right. right, exactly. Definitely. I mean, who else? Of course, the uh, the dukedom of Slough is what everyone wants. Right. Indeed. If you've seen so the... Slough, Slough British... isn't a county, is it? I don't know. I thought it was just like a. It's like a town, town or like a yeah, yeah, or city. I've been in Slough. I had to transfer. That's where you transfer trains when you're going to winter. Yeah, I've transferred but there too. I took yeah. pictures of it. I was like, look, I'm in Slough because of the British office, which is set there. And right, it's set there because it's supposed to be kind of like a depressing office park. But right. So he has high aspirations. Oh my gosh. That yeah. Uh, Interesting. <laughs> Yeah, so he actually did. So it was obviously this was an embarrassment for the Middleton family uh, because they obviously hadn't really had very many. There'd been some like minor scandals, like when Carol like had said toilets and, or said lose instead of toilets and that kind of weird, you know, kind of petty stuff. But this was, yeah, a big issue since he 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 appeared to know a lot. Um, but yeah, so he did still get invited to the royal wedding because everyone was like, oh, yeah, he's definitely not coming. Like, he's been kicked out of the family. But no, he was invited to the royal wedding and did appear with his his wife. And uh, even and but this didn't stop him even in 2013. He also did an exclusive with the Daily Mail. And he said that, you know, his sister Carol actually had been apologizing to him for the unnecessary spotlight. Oh my God. Uh, and said that he'd cleaned up his act uh, and then went on to give even more information about Kate, about Pippa, about James, that I'm sure that the Middleton family probably didn't want out there. Um, Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. And and cleaned up his act. I don't know, because uh, in just this last month, October 2017, he was arrested for allegedly beating up his wife. Oh, God. Yeah. And I think he's been married four times. So. That's really unfortunate. Um, also, and the, apparently the wife said that it happened apparently when they were about to get out of the cab and they had been bickering. And she was talking about how she was mad that he'd been like doing cocaine instead of being at home. So that's kind of what was in the police report. So I haven't heard an update on that. So I definitely don't want to sit next to Uncle G. No, what a piece he's, of shit. He's going to tell him my Yeah, he's going to tell me he's not going to keep any of my secrets. He's a blabbermouth and he seems like he's not a good guy who's not very nice to women. No, and he's yeah, going to be annoying cuz he'll be coked up. So he'll right. be talking at like 60 miles an hour. Yeah. I also yeah, and I also don't want an invite to his Maison de Bang Bang. No. No, I would avoid that. I would just avoid Ibiza. By all accounts. I've never heard somebody be like, you know what's great? Ibiza. 
Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm not a person who likes, like, clubbing. So, I mean, maybe it's got some great nightclubs. I don't know. But I would rather just go somewhere else and eat jamon rather than try to, like, party or something. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. When my family did our Mediterranean cruise in 2016, we, like, our boat, like, the cruise ship went past Ibiza. And I was like, party! I was like, where's my ecstasy? Yeah, exactly. I took a bill- pill in Ibiza, right? That's a song. Exactly. Right. That's uh, really, I think, how most people know about Ibiza, at least in the U.S. And in our generation. Yeah. I don't know about, I don't know. I don't know if, like, anyone, if I said to my mom, like, hey, what do you know about Ibiza? She'd probably be like, it's in Spain. But I don't know if she'd <laughs> know about, like, the party reputation. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, I will move on and talk about the kind of person on Megan's who's in Megan's family who causes similar uh, headaches by going and talking to the press um, and saying things that may or may not be true and most likely are not true. So we've kind of mentioned her a little bit before, but this is Megan's half sister, Samantha Grant. Um, She also at one point went by Samantha Markle. So I think that's what her Twitter Twitter handle is. So this is um, Megan's half-sister. They have the same uh, father. His name's Thomas Markle. Uh, Samantha is his Thomas's daughter from his first marriage uh, to a woman named Rosalind. And so Samantha's 12 years older than Megan. So she is, um, or I don't know if she's 12 years older. That's, I can't do math. No, she's more than 12 years older, but she said she raised, helped raise Megan. She has claimed that she helped raise Megan for 12 years of her life, of Megan's life. So, I don't know. But, oh, so yeah. Samantha is 52. She's a former actress and model, and she currently lives in Florida. Um, and she kind of, um, as soon as it became public, like, Megan became public knowledge that Megan was dating Harry, Samantha started talking um, both to the press and to just, I don't know, the internet in general using social media. She was quoted as saying that Megan's behavior was not fitting of a royal family member, called her a social climber, um, said she was her ambition was to become a princess, and just kind of, um, I don't know, saying like, this is what she was planning all along. And to which I say, yeah, of course. Why is being a social climber a bad thing? Like, why? Oh, I want to be a princess. Well, I mean, don't just be a princess because you're a princess. But like, yeah, if your ambition is to meet and fall in love with Prince Harry, go for it. Yeah. And if you guys actually like each other. Exactly. Yeah. So she has uh, like and then another thing was, if you remember when Megan wrote her uh the article, I can't remember for what publication, but she wrote the article about the accessibility of um, like period products for girls who are uh, like how a lot of girls aren't don't have access to education because of um, because they once they start menstruating, they don't have access to feminine hygiene products, so to speak. And so she wrote this article and it was really cool. And like Serena Williams tweeted about it and said, like, what a great article. And then um, this half sister, Samantha, said, like, tweeted to her, like, what was this? Just a photo op? How much money did you give? And it's kind of like, what? I don't I don't know. 
And so she kind of just reaches out and randomly seems to like go after her on Twitter. Part of this is it's kind of complicated by the fact that uh, Samantha has multiple sclerosis and is uh, she is confined to a wheelchair at this point. And she kind of says that she um, she will say that she is like that Megan stopped talking to her as soon as she'll say that like she stopped talking that Megan stopped talking to the family as soon as she became famous and as soon as she got diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. And it's kind of like, well, if that's true, then that's not good. I don't like that kind of behavior. But um, her mom, Samantha's mom, Rosalind, has gone on record to say that everything Samantha says about Megan is a lie. So, I mean, that I, I kind of take the mom, who's not Megan's mom, kind of take her at her word for that. And uh, the other thing, so then the, the like real kind of, thing that she's been in the news for recently has been um, this book that she's decided she's writing, which is called, she calls her memoirs. Um, The title is The Diary of Princess Pushy's Sister. She went on the show Good Morning Britain in October of this year, so last month. And it was really kind of weird because she was on camera and she all of a sudden was saying all these like really nice things about Megan and people were kind of like, Oh, but aren't you writing a book and calling it like the diary of Princess Pushy's sister? And she goes, mm-hmm. I don't know why everyone thinks it's going to be this like tell all like tear down of my sister. Like she's my sister. Really, what my book is about is about the interracial evolution of this country. And I'm like, OK, OK. But so also the thing is, like, again, this is Samantha is white. Um, Thomas Markle is white. Megan is half uh, like her mother is black. And so it's kind of like, what? I don't know what your comment on the interracial evolution of this country. I don't know why we need to hear from you, white lady. You're not interracial. You have a sibling who's interracial. And yeah, you might have a like thoughtful perspective on it. But I'm going to guess you probably don't. Probably. <laughs> you probably don't have a degree or a, a doctorate. Yeah, you haven't. I don't know that like your memoir is going to be again nuanced or put a thought out there that we haven't already heard. I would rather hear somebody else talk about that topic. Um, but again, she she was kind of seemed to walk back all of her critiques of Megan, and I think maybe she's in the phase of the relationship where she's really now trying to gun for a, an invite to the wedding. And I don't, I don't imagine. Unless Megan is a much better person than I am, which is distinctly possible. I don't know mm. if she's going to get one of those. Yeah. Because that's, um, yeah. Right. Because on one hand, it's like, I feel like it's damned if you do, damned if you don't. Because, like, she's going to talk about it if she gets invited. Or there's going to be press about, like, oh, guess they are really, you know, just completely estranged sisters and... She didn't get an invite and blah, blah, blah. And then her sister will be like, it's true. She hates me. I'll talk to the media. Yeah. But like, also, I think, I don't know. I I think what these people don't realize a lot, like Kate's uncle and Megan's sister, is that when they talk to the media, like, we don't necessarily believe them when they say things. Like, I don't. I always take that with a grain of salt. Like, they because you got to think about what the person's motivation is. 
And a lot of times, a, like an anonymous source or a, a source who's like that, they um, they have some kind of like personal agenda. So they want attention or to promote their business or themselves or whatever. Because why else are they talking about somebody else? They're not going on there to talk about themselves. They're going on there to talk about someone else. And unless you're the person's publicist, why are you talking about someone else on TV? Right. And it's just like you protect your family is kind of generally what I would say. And it's just like if someone I like someone I'm fam- or someone who I'm related to becomes famous, it's like I don't want to cause them more pain or hardship. So I'm not going to discuss what I know about them with with the media. <laughs> right. Without like express permission. And as long again, and yes. this is a situation where we're talking about like the minutia of their lives. And it's mm-hmm. not like, you know, exposing some like horrible behavior or something. I don't know. It's just, it's just weird. So yeah, that's who I think. Um, I think, and I just feel bad for Megan because it's such an awkward position for her to be in. Like, try, I mean, I'm sure Harry, I hope Harry is super understanding and it's like, it's okay. I get it. I've had to deal with the press forever. And I know all about people who, you know, will say one thing to a reporter or, you know, there might be, there's a chance, too, that, like, reporters aren't, you know, quoting with exact accuracy. But I don't think that this is one of those cases. I think that's all we'll we'll talk about with that. Now I'm interested, because <laughs> now we'll talk about, like, the, the royals. These are the people who, yeah. who are already married into the family or who are in the family by birth. So these are the, um, the kind of the other side of the coin. So, yeah, so for my choice of who, within... Yes, people who have been, like, born into the royal family that I would not want to sit next to at Thanksgiving dinner would be, uh, his name is James LaSalle, or LaChelles. I'm not 100% sure. I couldn't find a pronunciation. It's uh, spelled like the guy in the crown, Tommy LaSalle's, I think. LaSalle's? Okay. Las- LaSalle's. I don't know. Yeah. If we're wrong, we're really sorry. Yeah. Uh, but his relationship is that he is the second son of one of Queen Elizabeth's cousins, who is the, um, he's now deceased, but, um, so he's the son of the seventh Earl of, um, Harewood. Okay. And, uh, so he's the queen's first cousin removed. He's, so he's actually still in the line of succession. He's pretty far down. He's probably, I think he's like 65 or something now. So unlikely he will ever, uh, you know, (laughs) ascend the throne. I'm thinking Uh, of, do you remember, did you watch that show? I told you to watch the Almost Royals. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> it's just like a parody. It's kind of like a Borat type thing. And it's two British comedians and they pretend that they're in line. And it's Poppy and Georgie. And the intro to the thing is, this is Poppy and Georgie. They are 56th and 57th in line for the British throne. And the number changes every episode. Changes. <laughs> yes. I, recommendation. Watch that show. It's so funny. Yes. Very good. Oh, God. Anyway. Yes. Uh, but I'm really happy I found him because earlier today, like I had texted you that I was like, I cannot find another person who has something that like, who's, who's obscure enough that like, they only have a couple stories about them and I don't want to sit next to them at Thanksgiving. But then I found James and I'm very happy because James is a mildly successful musician. And, uh, generally my impression of any musician, uh, is like someone who runs, like Jenna and I, who runs a mildly successful podcast about the British royal family. Uh, you don't really shut up about it. You just, you talk about it all the time. 
it consumes your life. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's what I imagine James would be. Because uh, he's been in quite a few bands, and uh, he also knows a lot of instruments. But it's his most famous band uh, that made me kind of go, yeah, I definitely don't want to sit with you. Um, so he and his brother, his younger brother, who's also uh, the Queen's first cousin removed, Jeremy, uh, in the 70s, were in a band called the Global Village Trucking Company. What? <laughs> yes. <laughs> What? Oh, that's the most 70s band name I've ever heard right? in my life. Like the 70s yeah. British band name specifically. Oh exactly. God. And uh, this band is pretty is <laughs> famous, not only just for their music. Uh, famous where? Just in England? or like- Yes, yes. Okay. Beca- because they actually founded a commune in Norfolk. Okay. Um, which was the feature of a BBC documentary that they did in the 70s of them living on the commune. Oh, my gosh. Uh, and... Uh, thankfully, the BBC revisited where everyone is now in 2011 because the BBC oh has a series called What Happened Next. So oh. they took – so it was uh, – I haven't watched the entire the, – I thought that the, the entire uh, documentary is on YouTube. You okay. can look it up. It was shared by Horace the Hippie. Good. Good. It's thanks, the user's Horace. name. Yes. So Cheers, it was, mate. Even before even pressing play, I knew it was going to be good. And uh, yeah, so it was, he lived on a commune, both of uh, James and his brother Jeremy, with the other members of the band and 20 adults and about eight or so children under the age of five. They lived in a one of those picturesque like house like cottages. Yeah. That has like the thatched roof. And yep, the it just looks typical English cottage. What Kate Winslet lives in in the holiday. Exactly. And except there's band practice inside the building. And it's all the time because the everyone in this commune was working like they were roadies or they were just the girlfriends of the roadie or the members of the band. And they, there's a scene where like they're all sitting around the table about to eat and they're just holding they're all holding hands and they're going, oh, and yeah. So it's it was a very weird documentary. <laughs> uh-huh. There yeah. was also a scene where there was two people bathing in a bathtub together. And then two members of the band were like sitting on like the sink in the toilet, reading letters that their parents had written them from home. And so, these are like grown adult humans. Yeah, they were probably, I mean, they were probably like 20, 25. Well, yeah, but like, I mean, you know, yeah. you'll be like a two kids in a tub at the same time. Yes. Well, actually, this was the kind of the, the thing that made me kind of go, oh, it was that the girl was actually 16. <gasps> no, uh, no, yeah. no, 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 So it was definitely she had like run out because they actually interviewed her in the like what happened next now. And she was like, she's like, and she actually married the guy she was still dating. Then, but yeah, I'm not sure how old he was, but I was like, oh, that's gross. Because I was like, I already saw the bathtub. The reason why he, uh, James founded this band was because he obviously liked music, but he wanted to, he wanted to, you know, he didn't want society to make him famous by, you know, joining a record label. He wanted to really, like, work on his music so much that that would, you know, power them to stardom. And that definitely worked. I had totally heard of him before today. You've definitely heard of the Global Village Trucking Company. Yeah, that that thing. I've heard of that. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And... (laughs) <laughs> this was my favorite quote. This wasn't actually from James, but this was from one of his bandmates. He said, oh, living on the commune was a lot of magic, but it also might have been the LSD. 
no, yeah, no shit, man. <laughs> uh, so, yes, this oh. was a really, it was super weird. I mean, they, like, interviewed everyone. So I, I thought it was really interesting, but it also just kind of made my skin crawl. And also, like, it's just, like, one of those things where it's, there's just those people who just won't stop talking about how things used to be and, like, how great, like, back in the day. And you might, and I feel like. He might grab your hand and try to make you say ohm before you start eating. Right. Yeah. Which, like, it's fine a- if you want to do that, but some yeah. people don't. <laughs> right. And, like, so it was just very weird. And I think just looking after seeing the where are they now, most of them look pretty, you know, straight cut. And, you know, the LSD didn't affect them too much. But I, I think I'd be, like, especially at this age, I'd be, like, okay, I have heard enough of James's stories about his time with the Global Village Trucking Company. You'd think he was really, like, cool when you were, like, 11 or 12, maybe. And then by the time you hit 14, you'd go, God, I cannot listen to another story about this. And then by by the time you got to be, like, 18 or 19, you'd kind of be, like, subtly making fun of him when he was talking to you. You'd be like, yeah, tell me about the commune. You yeah. guys really changed the world, didn't you? I mean, all the world's problems are solved. And then, yeah, it would just lead to probably an argument. Yeah. yeah. And then another reason why I would not want to sit next to James is that, so today he still he still makes music, um, but he's really into, like, world music. Okay. And I am not particularly fond of world music, mostly because it's just really, like, just meshing way too many, like, genres together. It's white and, guys trying to yes! like make themselves so- seem more diverse, really, yeah, or like culturally and, aware, like ruining, and... like ruining instruments that they don't really understand. So I don't want to hear any world music from from uh, from this guy. So uh, I would definitely not want to sit next to him and hear his stories. And he'd probably try to play something at a family event, and I would also not want that. So yeah, that's my story about. Uh, James uh, Lachelles, is that what we said? Dang it, I can't remember. <laughs> Lassells or something. La- okay. Lassells, yeah. Lassells, okay. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Okay, so should I wrap it up? Absolutely. So we're gonna. I'm gonna end. I'm. I'm thrilled that I got to present this person. We kind of teased this last week. We are discussing finally Princess Michael of Kent. So the first time I heard of her, I was like, Princess Michael, that's weird. And so the reason she's Princess Michael of Kent is because, similar to how uh, Catherine, Duchess of Cambridge, could also be called uh, William Princess, or Princess William of, I don't know, Wales? Yeah. Yeah. She would be called Princess William of Wales. But, you know, that's kind of the thing. But she got her own, you know, she was created the Duchess of Cambridge um, after her wedding, so she doesn't have to do that. Well, Princess Michael of Kent is married to Prince Michael of Kent. And so she, uh, her like formal royal title, because she doesn't have a royal title of her own, comes from her husband. So this woman was born uh, January 15th, 1945 in Carlsbad, uh, Czechoslovakia. Obviously, in Czechoslovakia at that time, the World War II is still kind of happening, and So it was right before it, you know, it was pretty close to the end. Her birth name is, was Baroness Marie Christine Anna Agnes Hedwig Ida von Reibnitz. I might have mispronounced the last name there, but the thing that is 
the first scandal that she caused for her family was, um, or I don't even know if this was the first, but this was a big one, was, um, so her mom and dad were divorced. She was raised by her mom. Um, and again, born in Czechoslovakia, moved with her mom to Australia. Her mom ran a beauty salon there and she went to school and like, you know, was raised in like, I don't know, kind of posh circles. Uh, but uh, her dad, after the divorce, um, he went to, uh, he moved to Africa, I think Mozambique. And the reason he did that is because he was an SS officer. He was a Nazi. Oh, His name's great. Baron Gunther von Reibnitz, and he joined the SS in 1933. So I found the New York Times article written about this, and it came out publicly. The Queen's like press secretary or some whoever had to acknowledge this, and she said that Princess Michael of Kent learned that her father was an SS officer, like as though she had learned it like then. And I don't quite buy that. Like your divorced German dad who was in the military and like fled to Mozambique after the war, like I'm pretty sure he was a Nazi. So, so that was, you know, kind of like, uh Oh, and I did, you know, can't necessarily hold that against princess Michael of Kent. Like you, you know, you can't control your parents and what they do before, especially before you're born. Um, so, okay. Just, but still, it, it caused a headache for the royal family and was not not something that they wanted their family connected to. Baroness Marie Christine Anna Agnes Hedwig Ida von Reibnitz, she got married in 1971, not to Michael of Kent, but to a man named Thomas Tr- uh, Trowbridge, who was an English banker, and he was the younger son of some peer or a- another. Um they separated the, there was a short marriage they separated in 1973 and got a divorce in 1977 the interesting thing about this is um princess michael of kent is a practicing and pretty strict catholic um so kind of thinking like oh how'd that divorce work out there but she got the pope to formally annul her first marriage in may of 1978 and i don't know what needs to go into that but she's obviously connected so that came through and one month later, she got married to Prince Michael of Kent on June 30th, 1978. So <laughs> Prince, Mi- uh, Prince Michael of Kent, he is the queen's first cousin. So he's the son of, so like, so George V, the queen's grandfather, um, he had, you know, of many sons, including George VI, who became, who's Elizabeth's dad. Um, and then his young, uh, I can't remember if it's his youngest son or his second youngest, was, um, Prince George, Duke of Kent. And he, so this is um, Prince Michael of Kent's dad. And Prince Michael of Kent's mom is Princess Mary Marina of Greece and Denmark. Um, and so, again, he's all up in the royal family. He, I don't know how he and Princess Michael of Kent met or anything, but she was an interior decorator in her first career. And then she decided she was going to give all that up and write novels. And so I think a future episode, we need to read one of these. There's one called The Serpent and the Moon. Oh, yeah. Which is intriguing. And I've, there's, yes. And there's also another one that I think will actually be very good uh, that talks about women who married into the British family from other countries. So Ooh. we'll have yeah. to look that up at our local right. library. Indeed. Um, the last fun fact before I get to a bunch of scandals that she's caused is that she really loves cheetahs. 
I don't know, like, why. She's, like, a patron of a lot of um, charities that protect cheetahs. Okay, so that's some background. Oh, and also, she's six feet tall. Um, oh, I didn't know that. She's super I tall. That. Yeah. So she, um, she says, like, the rumor has it that the queen calls her Arval, which is short for, like, Arvalkyrie, because, like, of the German thing and the fact that she's super tall. Because the Valkyries are, like, um, you know in the, like, Looney Tunes cartoon? Like, I don't know, like, the women with the breastplate and the Viking helmets who are um, singing oh, opera? Yeah. That's a Valkyrie. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. like, a warrior lady. Um, but also because, so it's, it's also cause she might think a little too highly of herself. That's what Wikipedia says. So, um, <laughs> but she, you know, she's, she's had, um, she's caused a, a few scandals besides just having a Nazi dad. Um, <laughs> she, uh, she and her husband lived, they live in, uh, an apartment at Kensington Palace and they li- they first moved in in 1979 so this is a five-bedroom, five-reception-room, which I think that's hilarious that that's how it's described. Um, it's called a Grace and Favor apartment at Kensington Palace. Whoa. And so this, I think, is what, like, Will and Kate live in and, like, Harry lives in. It's, like, one of the smaller, like, per- like apartments on the palace grounds. It turned out, this was discovered kind of in the 2008 or so, that... Uh, the prince and princess Michael of Kent had been paying 70 pounds per week for rent. They had only been paying their utility bills since 2002. The queen was paying their the rest of their rent on their behalf. Um, if you know anything about local London real estate, Kensington is super expensive. So they they should have been paying at least the, the current value is 120,000 pounds of rent per year. So since 2008, when this all came to light, that they were not (laughs) paying the rent that they should have been paying, in the opinion of many government ministers, they have been paying that full amount. Um, So they've, they, God, imagine getting to live in Kensington at 70 pounds per week in a five bedroom place. Yeah. That would be fun. I was like, maybe 7,000 pounds a month. Yeah. But apparently that's not even. No. (laughs) It's insane. Well, God, I wish. So that's the first thing that's happened. She's also kind of had an, an weird interactions with the media. Um, but it's this is where I kind of get the idea that sometimes it's not quite clear whether she actually said this. But a lot of sources will say that she once declared to an American fashion magazine that she had, quote, more royal blood in her veins than any person to marry into the royal family since Philip. Which I don't know the truth or falsity of that or why that's important or anything right but she just it kind of gives you an idea she is very self-important according to many reports of her personality um also several incidents show that she's pretty racist again i was like okay i'll give you know i you can't i'm not gonna put the sins of the father onto the daughter but here we go in may of 2004 she was uh in new york city dining at a restaurant and she apparently told some uh, other diners who were black to, quote, get back to the colonies because they were being too noisy. So they they were like, what the hell? That doesn't even make sense. We're in a colony. And also what? And they didn't really say that, but that was that's my take on it. And um, when they said, like, 
what the heck? Why would you say that? She, um, she said, that's not what I said. I said something else. It was taken out of context. I, those people, she called her accusers, quote, a bunch of rappers, which not, they were not rappers. They, there was a music industry executive, but that person was not a rapper. And so again, it was like, okay, lady. So then in February, 2005, she came back into the news. Um, she had a new book coming out. People don't just assume you're a Valkyrie. Yeah, exactly. Ugh. So in, in February 2005, um, she had a book coming out. And so she, again, was back in the press. She said uh, one comment was like, British people need to be more concerned about their, quote, bloodlines. Or no, she said Britons must need to be more concerned about their bloodlines. Which, okay, Voldemort. <laughs> and uh, she also said um, that was kind of near the infamous Prince Harry, you know, wearing a Nazi costume to a fancy dress party. And she said that the British media were, quote, excited, unquote, by Prince Harry's decision to wear a swastika because of the ownership structure of the British press. And it wouldn't have been as much of a fuss if he'd worn a hammer and sickle. Oh, my gosh. So, like, the implication is that, like, a bunch of the British press is owned by communists. But, like, or is she saying that it was, like, because if it was... Wearing that, he'd be showing... Because, like, the hammer and sickle, let's... I mean, it's a symbol of an oppressive regime that murdered a lot of people, and specifically a lot of Jewish people and uh, people who were racial minorities in Russia. But, like, the fact that, like, he could have worn a different bad symbol doesn't make the first bad symbol, like, unnewsworthy. Like, it makes no sense. And, like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Um, she also, like, pointed to this, um, this, like, study that was done on, like, baboons, I think, that was talking about, like, the hierarchy in, like, like, baboon groups that they live in as being evidence that evolution, um, shows that rank is hereditary. So, again, that's kind of coded language there. (laughs) And, um... I'm going to end. I'm going to end, though. So that's 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 all I'm going to say about racist. But like, I don't want to sit next to the old racist at my Thanksgiving dinner. I would end up yelling and um, I just want to eat my stovetop stuffing in peace. Um, but I'm going to end on the two interest, like more kind of like non race related things. So in a January 2014 interview, um, she kind of got into trouble again because she described the older royals as boring. And said that, like, no one's interested in them. And she liked Diana and she talked about Diana and stuff. Finally, the most recent thing that I could find that she got into hot water for was she declared, in a, uh, according to a Telegraph article, that animals don't have rights because they don't pay taxes, they don't have bank accounts, and they don't vote. Uh, Princess Michael of Kent, you don't pay rent. <laughs> I'm sure it was really funny. <laughs> so, like, yeah, she's, she's a lot. But, like, she's apparently this, like, animal rights ad- activist if you if you t- listen to her and so saying animals don't have rights and and again she's not like we should murder puppies she said something like we have an obligation as humans to like treat them well but they don't have rights but it's like well isn't that if you're going to use that logic then small children uh don't have rights because they don't pay taxes have bank accounts or vote so okay Anyway, oh, so gosh, that, yeah, she is a laundry list. She she's interesting. And I, I'm 
I really do want to read her one of her novels. Also, there's just tons of like pictures of her whole like they very 80s styled like perms and puffed sleeves and blue eyeshadow. And she's like holding like a Siamese cat. <gasps> yes, I saw that. And one. it's great. Like this. We'll yeah, have I was to like use that as one of our um, promo photos. I know. I was like trying to think. I was like, should I like cut out their heads and put them at a table? <laughs> no, I <laughs> think we can just use that. I just want that full body <laughs> because that's. But yeah, hilarious. that is a good photo of her. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think it. Yeah, that is interesting because she's had a lot. She's still because yeah, she does stuff on behalf of the royal family. Not so much anymore. I think especially since Will and Harry, you know, are old enough to take on a lot of like the major royal duties so that, you know, you can, it kind of like gets spread around. But yeah, I think, and uh, also I think it was just kind of like, nope, let's not have her out there because we don't want her to say something. Right. Horrifying. Oh, oh my word. Yeah. That would be a lot to take. I, I would uh, not. Yeah. I wouldn't want to sit next to her. No, I would be terrified. (laughs) Well, uh, kind of like, I don't know though, if I would, wouldn't want to just have her talk at me for a while. Like, she'd terrify me. Like, but I would also be really interested to see what she's like in a room. So maybe, like, I sit behind one-way glass, you know, where I can see her, she can't see me, and I can just observe her for two hours. That would be interesting. For sure. Yeah, but if I had to go to a a Thanksgiving with any of these people, I'd do what I told you if you had to go, you know, where I just don't feel well. I'm just going to go lay down in the dark basement on the couch and, husband, will you bring me a plate of food? Thanks. Yes. But luckily, I mean, I, you know, I had a great thanks or Friendsgiving, and then I also won't have a Thanksgiving with anyone I hate. <laughs> In fact, it's with, I think, I think it's, yeah, it's definitely with people I love very much. So, yay. That's wonderful. And who only yeah. minorly annoy me at times, but that's just because <laughs> they can pick out my weaknesses at 50 yards. So, yeah, I think I will have a pretty calm uh, Thanksgiving as well. So, yeah, I haven't had uh, too many with uh, somebody who makes me want to just go, oh, my gosh, I cannot take this. Yeah, because I don't I don't think it personally in my family. I don't have the a, like someone who's just like that stereotypical person. But everyone always talks about like, oh, Thanksgiving, you love the food, but you just can't stand your family or your family's crazy or something like that. So, well, it's stressful. I think part yeah. of, that's part of it is everyone's stressed, especially the person who's like hosting and cooking or if you have to like bring kids from one location to another it's just all this stuff so right and people i mean when you're an adult your childhood baggage still like i said i mean my brother can still within i think 30 seconds reduce me to like a like a a meant like he'll take away any self-esteem i have like he knows how to do that he doesn't do it very often, but like when we were kids, we used to fight a lot and stuff. And mm-hmm. but yeah, that's kind of like that's Ooh, no good. You have to be on your guard because you never know. But yeah, I don't know. Next week, I think that's all we have really to talk about today. Do you have any final thoughts? No, I don't think I do. I think we, I think we covered everything. Well, yeah, and but yeah, I think we based on these these four uh, characters, uh, we they should. All of our favorite royals should definitely be very happy that they don't have a Thanksgiving dinner that they have to spend with these people. Uh, I'm sure that they have many other occasions where they have to see these people, but at least they don't have the most synonymous with people fighting and weird characters, which is the American holiday of 
Thanksgiving. Well, ooh, I just I just had a thought though. I mean, Megan is American. She is. So oh, absolutely. do you think that I mean, and I'm not saying that, you know, there's a chance. I don't know if it would be this year of Harry. I don't know what his end of November schedule is like. But do you think that Harry would be, you know, a guest at Megan? Would Megan throw kind of a Thanksgiving for Harry, even if it's just the two of them and the rotisserie chicken? Or actually, what am I talking about? They've got chefs. They can get. Yeah. But like even not last year, but the year before, people have always talked about on her Instagram that she did make like uh, a turkey in like the, it's like those big grills that look like eggs. I was. Oh, yeah. One of those things. The smoker. Yeah. Yeah. The little. So she did that with a turkey. And so, yeah, Harry Harry might, you know, have to start celebrating some of these American holidays. Again, if it's beloved, it's an excuse to eat pie. And right. um, well, I mean, he's not eating pizza, so yeah. But again, I feel like if it's a <laughs> holiday, it's like a you know you can kind of cheat when it's that. True. And it's just a little like. Also, I can tell you my because one time um we were I can't remember why, but I think somebody was on a gluten free kick, and my mom found a recipe for like a crustless pecan pie, and it was super good. It was like, I mean, it was pretty much like pump, or pecan pie filling. Like, forget the crust. What's the point even of that? It like was made with, and it was made with like agave instead of caro syrup. But who cares? Uh-huh. It was delicious. Yeah. There are substitutions. If he's low carb, I guess, you know, a sugar bomb like that isn't probably the best. But uh, he'll, I think he would, he would definitely do that. If Megan cooked it for him, he'd eat it. Exactly. I agree. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited that uh, there may be some, you know, some American uh, traditions that may be slowly seeping into the British royal family. But I guess we'll have to see. If you have any feedback for us on today's episode or any of the other episodes in the past, or if you want to send us helpful YouTube links to amazing documentaries we've been dying to see, we... um, can be reached at americrowndreams at gmail.com. We are on uh, Facebook and Instagram at americrowndreams, and we are also on Twitter at americrowndream. I just wanted to wish all of our U.S. listeners a wonderful Thanksgiving. Yeah. Because I think our next, uh, this episode is supposed to, will come out this week, and then our follow, our next one, we'll see. We might take a, we'll, it'll depend whether we take a break or if we have one that would come out Thanksgiving weekend. Yeah. But we'll see, because there's a lot to talk about. There is. Oh, my gosh. So much. I could see that Harry and Meghan just being like, we're engaged. And then it's like over Thanksgiving, and we'll be like, what? Why would you do this to us? We're busy eating. I know. I'm I'm in a food coma. Right. I'd be like, I'm too tired to type. (laughs) No, I that would if I ever need to, like, counteract my food coma. Yeah, I think that would wake me up right away. I'd be like, ding, 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 ding. Gotta go, gotta go, gotta go. I know. I don't know what I would do. I would just, I would find some sparklers in my parents' garage. I'd light them and I would just run around going, (laughs) woo, out out of doors. Not in the garage, Mm -hmm. but yeah. Anyway, uh, we'll, we'll talk to you again soon. Bye.